Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here uh, writing solo live on the Locker Room app for today's podcast that is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. So uh, as I mentioned, we're live on the Locker Room app, the chat room. We've got people coming in uh, right now, hopefully are going to get involved in this show here today. And I tell you what, it's pretty exciting times, I reckon, if you're a Bucks fan. It's under 24 hours until tip-off in Game 1. So I'm recording this at around 6 p.m. on Friday night, Central Time. That's pretty quick math by me, 9 a.m. Saturday morning over here in Australia. So yes, give me credit for doing this podcast right now. But Game 1 is right here. So it, it has felt like it's been a long week. It's felt like this week has dragged a little bit. I think we've already done five podcasts Looking ahead to this series, looking back at last year's series, if you missed the podcast yesterday with uh, David Rammel from Locked on Heat, I would recommend going back and listening to that because I was surprised by some of the takeaways that he had, and we'll dive into them a little bit as this show goes on here. But uh, like I said, we've got people in the chat room here, uh, Dominic White says, uh, thanks, Kane. I was bored on a Friday, so I appreciate that. At least someone... He's excited about this podcast going. Justin Sayan says, Kane's not sleeping until the game is finished. Well, I'm going to try and behave myself tonight. It is Saturday night, but I'm going to take it easy because 4 a.m. tip on a Sunday is no joke. And then I I start my other job at uh, 9 a.m. So I don't think, yeah, I don't think I'll be going too crazy tonight. I think I'll try and sneak in a little bit of sleep there. But then we've got... A comment from Positive Bucks, and this is this is really interesting because this is one of the things I had noted down that I was going to talk about. He says, any insight on the Giannis quote saying he's not sure if the, if the outcome of the series will be different from last year, it puts some Bucks fans in a spiral. <clears throat> and my voice is just gone. It's too early. <laughs> it's too early for me to be doing this. I, you know, I, I thought that this was interesting, but um, let's think about this in the context of what we've heard from Giannis all season long. And by the way, this comes from the, the commenter or the tweeter, Positive Bucks. So you're Positive Bucks. You should be fine with this. This is Positive Giannis. He's been Positive Giannis all season long. But I do think it's going to be interesting, and I, this is something I brought up on yesterday's show, that him coming out and saying that, I don't know if it's going to be different. I hope it's different. Referencing the bubble where he couldn't get away from basketball, where he felt that the pressure might have got to him a little bit. He did get to, he rode the highs and then he rode the lows, which there was more lows than highs in the bubble. So to me, this is, again, being the changing attitude from Giannis all season long, where he does want to come across as a guy that's relaxed. It's easy to do that during the regular season when when that's been your plan. 
and you've thought about what's gone down in years gone by and you say, okay, this year during the regular season when we lose, I'm not going to get too uh, too down about it. I'm going to be positive to the media. I'm not going to be frustrated like perhaps I have been in the past. To me, that's easy to do. In the lead up to this series, play it down. Play down the pressure of playing Miami. Play it all down. Act like it's not bothering you. That's really easy to do. Again, we're going to find out pretty quickly because if the Bucks do lose game one tomorrow or they do find themselves in a bit of a hole, whether it's in this series or the next series, it, it's going to happen. Like I don't think even the most uh, optimistic of Bucks fans feel like Milwaukee's just going to roll through these playoffs to, to a championship. I don't think anyone thinks that. So there's going to be a period of time where they're, they're down and they need to find a way to fight through that. That's when the challenge is going to come for Giannis, where you sit, sit back and say, okay, well, this is the low moment you were talking about. Are you actually able to work through these? I, I don't know. So, so we're going we're gonna to really find out um, what this means. Justin Will says, I would guess the way Giannis talks in the locker room with teammates is likely a very different tone than what he says to the media. Uh, I, I've always said that, and that's why sometimes when you get quotes from you know, Bud in particular, and, and, I, and I see people you know, losing their minds over something that Bud says. I'm kind of like, listen, Bud, <laughs> Bud has been coaching under Pop. He's been coaching for so, so, so long. Even when I'm asking Bud a question that I'm looking for a particular answer or I'm trying to get some insight on something and he gives me nothing or he gives me something that sounds ridiculous, I'm like, okay, well, I don't really know how much to take away from this. You don't really want to tell me anything. I understand that. I'm going to ask the question anyway. You're going to tell me nothing and we're going to move on with our days. It's it's kind of just the way uh, that it goes. Uh, Positive Bucks says that uh, they still have to work hard and compete to win just because it's a different environment and different team doesn't mean it's a different outcome unless they work hard. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, like I, I just think that this is why I believe that in this series straight away, and it's probably one of the better series that you could possibly have for this Bucks team is because... Everything that we think we've seen during the regular season, everything that I've been banging on on this podcast about me feeling better about this team and thinking that this team has a better shot and they're better prepared, it could all just come crashing down in the next week. Like that's that's the reality. It's not a reality you want to to think about, but it's the truth. It could. So that's why I'm so excited for this series to get going here and, and see what happens over these first few games and see how the Bucks look when the pressure is on. Because again. They've known all season long that they were going to be a fantastic team. They've known all season long that they were going to make it to the playoffs. And you can try things and you can do different um, you know, rotations and schemes on offensive and, and defense. And we've seen that from them all season long. Okay, let's see how you go under pressure now. And I saw Eric, I didn't watch the whole clip yet. Uh, I'll certainly get to it. But I saw Eric Dame did a little spot with uh, KOC, Kevin O'Connor over at the ringer. The video uh, breakdowns that he does over there. And one of the points that Eric made in one of the little snippets that they tweeted was uh, he, he said Bud's adjustments have been you know, pretty good all season long and, and to be quite frank, a little bit surprising the fact that he's gone to the length that he has. Let's see if he's able to make them at the right time. Because I think when you're playing a, an average team in the regular season and you say, okay, yeah, uh, start the second quarter, let's start switching. Or out of a timeout halfway through the third quarter, uh, that's, let's play zone. 
Because I think one of the things that Frank Madden has pointed out on this podcast a number of times is that, you know, there's been games where the Bucks have just ran out zone the whole time. Now, the starters haven't been there. I understand that. But there's there's levels to this. So I, I can sit here and say that I think it's awesome the way that he's been able to adjust, try different things, take on what the players are telling him. I, I think it's been a, a really huge step for Bud as a coach. I really do. I know he doesn't get much credit from anyone, but that's how I feel about that. But okay, now you're in a seven-game series against Eric Spolstra, who we know is going to pull the levers at the right time to make the Bucks uncomfortable. So how does Bud respond to that when the Bucks are really, really uncomfortable? And I, I think that's that's the biggest question on Bud heading into this postseason. So yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating. There's no doubt about it. We could talk about the on-court stuff all we want, but certainly the coaching battle between Budenholzer and Spolster is going to be big. If Bud gets through this series and and we all sit back and say, he did a pretty good job. I'm not sure there'll be a lot of people that'll be willing to admit that, but if we get to the end of the series and and that's how people feel, then I think we're going to be um, in a pretty good spot, in a pretty good spot. Um, I want to keep moving on here. By the way, I got a tweet today from a listener. I'm, I'm not sure if they're in the room, but they just picked up their order of Built Bar. So you got to give them a lot of credit for that. It looked like they got one of those mix boxes as well, but uh, Built Bar isn't the sponsor of today's show. It's rockauto.com. Positive Buck says built bar time, not quite. I know, I know, I apologize for that, but it's rockauto.com time. The family business that's been serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. As I look out my window right now, I see a car, hoods up, looks like they're having some problems. I feel like I should just open the window and yell out, just go to rockauto.com and they'll have you covered because they've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Now, as I've said right off the top, jump in. If you want to speak, if you've got any type of question about the Bucks, about Miami, about Australia, it doesn't even have to be basketball-related. Just hit the request to speak button, and we'll get you on the show here. Going to go for another 15 or so minutes. So uh, this show's yours. You tell me what you want to talk about. If not, I'm just going to continue to ramble on here about Bucks and Heat, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Central, uh, tomorrow, Saturday. So we're, we're right on the doorstep here. Jackson Elworthy. I feel like all the talk is about Drew and Giannis for this series. Are we looking over the role of Chris now that he isn't the only main offensive threat besides Giannis? So this is really interesting that you brought this up. I've got the team stats from the Bucks and the Heat in front of me, just the raw numbers. But it was certainly interesting to me that as we were discussing this series again with David Rabel yesterday on the podcast, that we both sort of seem to come to the agreement that purely talent-wise, when you look up and down the roster, it doesn't feel particularly close. Like the Bucks feel that, you know, talent-wise, that they've just got this Heat team covered and it's not really that close. And when you talk about is Chris being looked over, I, I think that's 100% the case. If you go back to the series last year, defended Duncan Robinson for, no, I'm not going to say all of it, 
but for a significant portion, Duncan Robinson only averaged nine points per game. Chris Middleton averaged 25 points per game. Clearly the Bucks' leading scorer in the series. Obviously hit that game winner in game four. And just quietly this year, despite all the shit talking that Chris Middleton gets, just have a look at the numbers. 20.5 points. Over six rebounds. Five and a half assists. Gets you over a steal a game. And he did it at 48, 41, 89.8 shooting. Like that that's... Yeah, everyone wants to talk shit. But it's a great point that you make, Jackson, that we'll all focus on Giannis, we'll focus on Drew. And I think the easy explanation for why we all focus on Drew is because he wasn't there last year. So you, you look for reasons or ways that the Bucks have significantly upgraded the team, and that's the most obvious way. But, you know, I, I mean, you, you're right. I mean, and this is where it comes down to when you look at the, the scoring for each team. So the Bucks have, these are the scorers that have been in double digits all season long. So you've got Giannis, Chris Milton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, Dante DiVincenzo, Bryn Forbes, all average over 10 points per game for the Bucks this year. They've just got more firepower. Three of those guys are averaging at least 18 points, and you go down the other end. Butler and Bam, not what you would consider, you know, flame-throwing scorers, Bam and Jimmy. They, they can step up, and we expect that Jimmy's going to step up. But it, it does feel like a different caliber of scoring on this team. And then there's a bunch of X factors there. So we've got a speaker that's going to come on here in a second. I just want to say, Luke, uh, Cato says, how excited are you for the 4 a.m. start? Um, let's just say that I've had a pretty good run this season. But I, I'm pissed that the Bucks not only have a game in the afternoon this Sunday morning for me, which is 4 a.m., next Sunday morning... It's 3.30 a.m. I I don't know what it is with the NBA and and posting these day games. This is the best first-round series, in my opinion. People want to watch this series. Why are you hiding it away? First game in the afternoon on a Saturday. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, All right. Who have we we got here? Uh, James Schatzneider. I believe that's it. What do you got? Oh, sorry, it's Jason, by the way. Jason, what do you got? I, I completely muffed that up. I apologize. Oh, no problem. Um, yeah, I was going to actually kind of back up your point there, too, with uh, Chris Middleton that um, basically, I, or I think he has less to prove than Giannis does, where even if you go back to the original Boston series, he hit, you know, uh, the three to get into overtime. And then even the Toronto overtime, he was the one hitting all the clutch shots. So, I don't know if I'm the only one with that opinion where it's like, well, I think Giannis has more to prove than Chris does mm. in the playoffs. As, I mean, regular season-wise, sure, he's not you know as consistent, but playoff-wise, I thought he's always been. And if efficiency is going to go down. I think that's the other point that we have to acknowledge because sometimes you see uh, people will go, yeah, but, but, but look, look at his efficiency. His efficiency goes down the postseason. It's like, yeah, it's like that's what happens. He's going to get more attention. Teams are going to be able to lock him down. I do think in general he he has had some big moments. And, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that – I think it's a little bit unfair that the criticism that Chris gets, that Giannis seems to just be able to slither his way through and not get the same criticism. And I understand why. I understand why everything that Giannis does for this team – and I – almost feel guilty anytime I, I say anything negative about uh, Giannis because of how great he is and how much enjoyment we all get watching him. But I, I think you're right, Jason. I think that I, I think that Giannis has a lot to prove in this series. I, I really do because we, we've spoke about it. 
And, and the fact that his attitude and the way that he's relaxed and he's laid back and he's looking forward to it and he's dad now and he's just trying to play basketball, well, it's like, okay, but when it comes down to it, we, and, and I speak very, very heavily for Frank right here, we just need you to hit some free throws, you know? Like, we, we just want you to hit 75% of your free throws, not 50 in the postseason when, when the Bucks lose a series. And, and, and you know, I, that's that's what we need to see from him. And uh, I'll just shout out Luke. He's actually a Sydney sider, so he's going to be... Uh, He's going to be feeling the same pain as I uh, will be during this game. We'll be we'll be up very early for this one on a Sunday. Positive Bucks, what have you got? Uh, hey, Cam, big fan, big fan. Um, so my question uh, is in regards to P.J. Tucker. Um, we saw P.J. Tucker guarding Tyler Hero all game uh, last Saturday, and Tyler Hero only had three points. Um, I also think that P.J. Tucker could... Uh, see some time on Jimmy and Bam, uh, but how do you see his defensive efforts um, uh, correlating to defensive assignments and how that impacts the game? Yeah, I, I think in a big way, this comes down to Brooke Lopez and, and how many minutes he's going to play. I, I do think that Bam Adebayo is a big that you feel relatively okay with Brooke Lopez being on the floor. Now, the caveat to that is that we've seen in recent games in last year's series for sure that when you have Brook Lopez out on the floor if you have Goran Dragic firing on all cylinders then he is going to pick you apart in the pick and roll particularly if you are playing drop coverage and that is going to be a source of a lot of frustration for Bucks fans I can tell you right now I can already I can already see it I can already see the tweets the complaints with drop coverage of Goran Dragic starts getting off the chain a little bit but again Brooke Lopez has been a guy offensively that has been able to really hurt this Miami team when they've picked on mismatches. And if you have Brooke Lopez out on the floor and he's an offensive force and Drew Holiday's an offensive force and so is Chris Middleton and so is Giannis, guess what? You can have a defensive specialist that's going to knock down open corner threes as that fifth guy. And that's where PJ Tucker can really lock down on those guards. Because again, when I look at Miami's team, I see Jimmy Butler and I say, okay, Drew Holiday, this is this is your matchup. I, I like Drew Holiday and Jimmy Butler. I, I think physically he's going to be able to handle that. Of course, yeah, you, you're always going to be a little concerned about foul trouble, but that's going to be the case with all of these guys. Like you can't hide away a player, uh, except for Giannis. I'm fine with hiding him a little bit, but you can't hide away Drew Holiday from Jimmy Butler because you're worried about foul trouble. He's a great defender. Defend with discipline and, and you know resist the urge to stick your hand in the cookie jar, as, as they like to say. But what that does is it leaves PJ Tucker for the other guy. And if that's Tyler Hero or if it is even a Kendrick Nunn, then it's like, okay, I, I like that matchup. And especially if PJ Tucker can get really physical into Tyler Hero, I, I don't think he's going to enjoy that. I, I don't. He doesn't strike me as the type of player that enjoys physical basketball. And what he likes to do is run around screens and get into the paint and have Brooke Lopez on his heels and be able to shoot little jump shots and shoot from three. So, yeah, I, I think that what P.J. Ducker can do and who he's going to defend is going to be dictated a lot by how the Bucks can maximize Brooke Lopez on both ends of the floor. Because if you can have that as your five-man unit, again, defensively, uh, I really like what the Bucks are able to do. Uh, Dominic White is about to jump on here in, in just a second, but uh, I've got good news. It's built by time. You guys know the only way that you're going to get through this playoff series, the only way that you're going to get through this podcast is if you have a built Bar in your hand. It is the best tasting protein bar that has ever been made. There's nine delicious flavors. And like I already said, we had a listener send me the photo on Twitter 
they got the mix box. You can get nine flavors, two of each, and then you can decide which one is the best for you. These bars are healthy for you. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs as well. So they're perfect. Perfect. I can't even talk. I'm so excited for the health-conscious guy or girl. Shout out to Josie in the chat there. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I have to admit, when I was in Milwaukee, and it hasn't happened so much since I've been back in Australia, but when I was in Milwaukee, I was doing a reasonable amount of radio and I, I enjoyed doing the radio because of the people that call in. And, and you guys know, I mean, Talkback Radio, I don't think that, I, I think I could, I think I could warm into it, but I don't think that the general uh, hot take, uh, you know, confrontational Talkback Radio stuff is generally my style. I think I could start to warm into it, there's no doubt. But I did like the Talkback, you know, s- scenarios that you get and people ring in with their ideas. So this is why I love doing these locker room apps. But Dominic, Go ahead, man. I, I think I see in the chat that you've got a built bar question. If you do, um, I'll be thrilled by that. But uh, let's see what you got. Well, nice to finally meet you, Kane. Yeah, I appreciate um, that. Um, I had a few things. I had a thought. What about putting Thanasis on Duncan to preserve Chris Middleton for some of the series? Well, I, I will say this. The injury report is out for this game, and, and Thanasis is out uh, with that with that knee injury, which we, we know he suffered. And, and I, I don't know um, what the extent of this injury is going to be, but uh, certainly to start this series, we know that he's not going to be out there. But I, I do think in general, and I've copped some heat for this. Can you believe this? I've copped some heat for this this year, but I, I do think that the numbers game would probably squeeze him out outside of a situation where the Bucks probably don't want to be in, where you're sitting there saying, man, we really need some energy. We need a spark. Let's get Thanasis in there because we know he's going to bring that. So that's kind of where I sit with Thanasis, but more than anything, hopefully um, he's at least available and healthy uh, while the Bucks are still alive. Okay, and then the next thing I had was, I, don't, I think it was from your podcast yesterday, you said that Teague was kind of your wild card for playing in the rotation. And then when do you think he plays, and who do you think he plays with, and what kind of role? Yeah, this will be interesting. I, I, don't, I, don't, you know, I don't actually expect to see a, a lot of Jeff Teague minutes because I think if you look up and down the rotation and you look at the guys that the Bucks have, and certainly I, I think that Pat Connaughton is going to play big minutes and there'll be people that'll be disappointed by that. But I just think he's he's more consistently reliable. But we've seen at times that the Bucks, if you get in a scenario where Drew Holiday needs some, some time on the bench or he's in foul trouble, and if Chris Milton might be in a similar situation, you might need to go to Jeff Teague. So I don't I can't see him playing more than 10 minutes in a game unless the Bucks, you know, there's some sort of situation where they need him out there. The one thing I'll say in the postseason, I don't think that you can get away with too many lineups where you have a Bryn Forbes, Dante DiVincenzo backcourt, not only defensively, but just because I, I don't think that they can they can handle the ball. I mean, we've seen enough situations this year when they, when you don't have that point guard out there that you're like, ah, these guys just cannot generate offense. They can't get anything going. And I think in a postseason scenario, that's only going to be amplified more. So, uh, you know, 
I think that's where Teague could be valuable. And and to be fair, I think that's why we've all looked at Jeff Teague and said, oh, my God, look at this guy. He can get in the paint. He can shoot a floater. He can, he can score a little bit. He can shoot open threes. Because at the start of the year, you know, let's be honest, DJ Augustine, he, he didn't have a great time in Milwaukee. So to have that veteran point guard that you do feel is, is at least playable, um, I, I think is valuable. And who knows? There's always these random guys in the playoff series that that spark up for 15 points, for 16 points in a game. And we've seen Jeff Teague do that uh, a couple of times already. So we'll uh, we'll wait and see there. And, and just a couple of people have jumped in the chat and said the the, the timetable there uh, looks like it's it's two weeks. Celtic Rick says, I don't consider Jeff Teague to be playable, to be honest. I can see that for sure. I can see that. That's why I think that it's more going to be situational with Jeff Teague. So I think that's a, a pretty good point. Uh, we have got another speaker here, so we'll jump in and go straight to this question. Uh, Justin Sion is with us, by the way. Great man, Justin, A's fan. They're looking pretty good. I think they dropped it back to behind Houston yesterday, but what's up, Justin? How you doing? Uh, A's fan and Brewers fan, though. So National League, American League, I can balance the two. So uh, qu- question I had for you, actually kind of two questions. First question, how well do the Bucks have to do for you to fly back to Wisconsin? And then second part of that, how well do they have to do for Frank to either drive or fly all the way from Texas to Milwaukee? Well, that's two very good questions, first of all. And, I, and I'll say this straight away. Frank is absolutely more likely than I am for the simple reason that uh, Frank can get to Milwaukee and get home again. So my biggest concern, and I was talking to um, someone about this yesterday. I can't remember who I was talking to about this, but I, I said that um, Australia with the situation in Australia right now is basically if you get a flight back to Australia, which there's very limited flights, first of all, you're in a hotel for 14 days, quarantine, which you pay out of your own pocket. Um, but... There's caps on the amount of people that Australia are letting into the country at a time anyway. So the scenario would be that if the Bucks were in the finals, for instance, and I was like, fuck this, like I, I got to be over there, I got to work, which would be very, very tempting. The problem is that I might just get stuck in Milwaukee and then lose all my jobs back in Australia. So it, it sucks at the moment and missing last year's postseason and then you know this year's in a live fashion um, really sucks and particularly because I see you guys out there in Wisconsin. I see the weather starting to warm up a little bit, so I'm getting very, very jealous. I wish I was back there, but yeah, it's it's not going to happen for this playoff run, um, which is unfortunate. But Frank, I would imagine if things get, you know, if things get pretty exciting, I could see him making a dash out there. I know he's vaccinated. He's ready to go. He's ready to roll. He's ready to travel. So um, it would be cool if Frank would be out there. But at some point when I'm back, when Frank's out there, we're going to do some some sort of live podcast, live show. I, I've mentioned this before, but I was there when Eric and Frank did their show. Uh, that was awesome. Um, so this would be really awesome as well. So uh, that's one thing I'm really looking forward to. We did have some loose plans to try and do it uh, last year, and then obviously we know what happened. So uh, Diego is here. He's got a question. He wants to chat. What's going on, man? Hello, Kane. Um, thanks for thanks for doing this. Uh, I was mostly kidding about the accent. I don't live in Wisconsin, anymore, <laughs> so, so I miss my Wisconsin accents. But uh, I've, my Aussie accent has gotten a lot better just listening to you. So thanks for that. Um, <laughs> uh, but I was listening to uh, Zach Lowe earlier, and he was his guest was talking about like. Obviously, we all know the Bucks allow a lot of threes and allow a pretty high three point percentage. But he was talking about how 
they were like bottom in the league in the, at that in, in like over the last month or so. Um, mm. and that he, he seemed convinced that, uh, Bud like had something up his sleeve and was basically trying to like, like fake people out and, and then come out the gates in the playoffs, like defending very differently and defending the three very differently. And I was wondering if you think that that's realistic and if Bud has that l- level of trickery planned. <laughs> Oh, that's really interesting. I gotta, I gotta listen to this pod. I'm about to to head out and grab some coffee, so I think I might flick that on because I, I find that really fascinating. Mostly for the point that I don't think, like, if people were describing Bud as a coach, um, let's just say a trickery uh, would not be high on the list of uh, compliments. I, I think that he would have. So that's 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 really fascinating theory um, from Zach Lowe there. But there's no doubt. I mean. There were some games down the stretch, like, and, and that's why I, I think. And by the way, uh, yeah, watching the Houston game, for instance, where uh, Kevin Porter Jr. drops fifty, you know, like there were some games where you were just sitting there saying, "Okay, they're literally not trying." Like, and, and I can't sit here and be frustrated by this defense because they are actually not trying. I mean, you can't sit there and watch this team and think that they're out there hustling, trying to close out, trying to stop these three-point shots. So I just think from a from a flat-out effort standpoint, we're going to see it ramp up because we've seen it against better teams. But uh, the other point to that is the fact that I didn't actually realize in that game against Miami watching the game, and I, I think part of the reason why I didn't realize was the fact that that the Bucs won so comfortably but Miami shot over 23s against the Bucs last week. So when you talk about teams that are scary with what you think that they can do in a playoff scenario, Miami for me are really high, particularly when you consider the way the Bucs defend. But it's been minimized a little bit this year because the versatility that the Bucs have is is just on a complete another level to where it was last year. You couldn't look at this team last year and think that, they were going to be able to switch one through five and you would feel comfortable about that. There's just absolutely no way. The addition of Drew Holiday and PJ Tucker is fine during the regular season. We've seen Drew Holiday have a big regular season, but those acquisitions are for the playoffs. When you need to be more versatile, when you need to to try different things and try different lineups and say, okay, the big lineup with Brooke Lopez isn't working but who have we actually got to put out there? And something I was thinking about last night, because Eric actually posted a, a clip from last year's series in our DM where Marvin Williams was in the dunker spot. And quite honestly, and, and I'll say this, not that he's listening and I don't really need to say this, but in terms of how nice of a human Marvin Williams is, like right from the first time he came to Milwaukee, I was like, I love this guy. This guy is so kind, so nice, so polite. But when I look back at it and think, geez, we were really talking ourselves into the fact that Marvin Williams was going to change the calculus for the Bucks title hopes. But the reason we wanted to think that is because we saw the potential of what you could do with small ball lineups with Giannis at the fight. That was the premise of the idea of why we got so excited about Marvin Williams. Because if you look over the course of Marvin's career, He's just been a role player. He's been a fine player. He's been solid. And he had some nice moments with the Bucs. There's no doubt about that. But this year, they got Drew Holiday and PJ Tucker. It's just Drew is on a level on his own. 
But then PJ is still above Marvin Williams. What he's been able to do in the postseason in recent years, the way that he's consistently defended, and he's a better three-point shooter from the corner. So it's just funny to compare those those two situations. So in terms of the three-point defense, you should be scared because Miami has those guys and you know Spolster is going to be running dribble handoffs uh, out of his ass. So like they're just going to be running over and over and over and over again. But uh, the, the, the reason that you should feel confident, and I'm not sure whether he really does have a rabbit to pull out of the hat, but what he does have is more options. And I think that we've seen enough this year to believe that he's going to go to those options. He's going to do it. I think if there's one thing that you can feel good about, Bud, I think that he's going to, uh, I think he's going to uh, go to those options more than we've seen in the past. And part of the reason for that is because I think that he's got more trustworthy guys. I mean, we always talk about the rotation and the fact that he didn't play the starters enough in the first round or whatever it may be. Frank points this out all the time. Like if you go to the Toronto series and you can argue that it was a little bit too late, you can make that case and, and I'm fine with that. I, 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 that's kind of where I sit on it. It was the moves that he made were always a little bit too late. And I think that that's a challenge this year. But he definitely loses faith in guys. We've seen it. So I think this year he just generally has more uh, trustworthy guys. And Justin says he he agrees. That's why Teague might get squeezed. And I I think that that um, is true. But even Teague, in a a veteran sense, is a guy that I think Bud will be fine putting out there uh, if they need. James Bannister says, Bucks have experimented a lot. I wonder if they have narrowed down what they will actually use. That zone never seemed to work past a few minutes, and I don't think it should. I mean, it's a zone. We're in the NBA. You don't need to be running out of zone as much as the Bucks have at times. But again, I think part of that has been the Bucks saying, eh, let's, let's just see. Let's just see what happens with this zone in this game that doesn't really matter. And that's why it's always intriguing to me to, to try and put your mind into the locker room and what they're thinking during the regular season and not just me or, or not just you guys that are – that are watching this game and desperately want the team to win because they've needed to prepare themselves for a situation like this. And again, I've been saying all year long that I think that they're better prepared. I've said it throughout this entire podcast. We're about to find out. And that's the exciting part or perhaps the scary part there. So um, we're going to see what this team is made of. There's no doubt about that over the last uh, couple of uh, of games here in in this postseason. So I'm going to wrap this up unless... There is any final questions? If there's a final question, I'll got I'll squeeze in one more. If you want to request to speak, if not, I'll look to wrap this up. But what about the schedule? I've already gone on about this, and and I do think that it's a little bit strange the way that the Bucks have gone. They go from a Saturday game, Monday game, Thursday, Saturday, the Thursday this this Thursday, the seven thirty p.m. game, and then only having one day off or one and a half days off into the 1.30 p.m. game is very strange to me. I, I don't know why uh, that they, they would even bother with that type of setup. It seems strange. But the positive is if you're a Bucks fan, three of the four games are on TNT. So uh, we might get we might get B.A., our guy, B.A., Brian Anderson, which uh, I was on a plane with Brian. Well, Brian, I've had Brian on this podcast before, but I was on a plane with Brian Anderson, uh, David Ortiz, and Kevin McHale once flying from Boston to Miami. It was, uh, it, was, it was quite an incredible flight. I was just waiting for Tom Brady or someone to come on uh, come on with uh, on, on that flight. Luke Cato, how much do you think we see Giannis at sea considering the lack of size from the heat? Yeah, I, I, I think we could. But again, this is going to be the to and fro between able to, uh, being able to use Brooke as a mismatch. So again, that's why I think that it's, probably been a little bit underrated like we always just 
and you hear everyone talking about the dunker spot. They've got someone in the dunker spot, and it's like, yeah, okay, fine. But who's the guy that you've got in the dunker spot? Because if it's Dante DiVincenzo, then it's like, okay, well, you know, he might get a, a layup here or there. He's not going to draw a, a whole heap of attention from the Miami Heat defense. But if it's Brook Lopez, this is twofold because he's he's not on the perimeter, which means that the Heat in, in previous times have been able to say, eh, Brooke, whatever. You want to shoot your 34-foot three-point shots? We're going to put a little guy out there and defend you, and we're going to use our big guys in the paint. So it does change the calculus if you put Brooke Lopez in the dunker spot. You need a big guy to cover him because what the Bucks are doing this year, if it's a little guy, they're going to throw a lot every every single time, and Brooke Lopez is going to score. So, I, again, you know, Giannis at the five seemingly – Feels like it should be a matchup, a lineup that the Bucks will go to a lot, but I do think it depends on how they're taking advantage of Brook Lopez on the floor, and conversely, how the Heat are taking advantage of Brook Lopez on the floor uh, on their offensive end. So, uh, you know, I, I think we're going to need a couple of games here to sort of assess how that is all working out. Uh, Justin says, in regards to that scheduling quirk that I just brought up, he says less time to party in South Beach between games, but TNT. Uh, is risky. So, yeah, I mean, let's hope that the guys aren't out there uh, partying too much. I would hope not. They don't really have that type of group, do they? DJ Wilson, I could see back in the day. He's gone. Maybe Sterling Brown, the younger crew, but they're gone. Uh, I I don't think they've really got the the group that would be out and about. Uh, There's no OJ Mayo or Steven Jackson on this squad anyway. Jordan Wara, Positive bucks. Uh, Justin says Greg Monroe back in the day. Yeah, they've had some characters. Let's just say that. Um, all right, let's wrap this up. I'm going to get this pot out. And I'm going to get to an Aussie footy game. Geelong are playing today. I'm covering. Can you believe this? Well, I'm actually getting paid to watch the team and the town that I grew up in. It's unbelievable. I'm going to cover that game. I'm going to come home. I'm going to try and sleep. And then my alarm is going to be set for 3.30. I'm going to wake up, have some coffee, watch the Bucks. hopefully win game one. Frank and me will be back after that game so uh i you know make sure you're tuning into the podcast i hope we are in a good mood because you guys listened to some miserable podcasts during the series last year but i'm fired up i'm excited i'm ready to go uh this was a very good idea on my behalf to wake up early on a saturday morning i'm feeling pumped up i'm feeling fired up and uh ready to go so appreciate everyone that's been in the chat and if you haven't been here and you've listened to this and you've said this seems like a pretty fun idea. It is. We're going to be doing them throughout the uh, playoffs here, which is going to be hopefully a long run. So make sure you download the app, follow me at Kane Pittman, and you'll be able to jump in on the fun. So I appreciate you guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back after game one. The playoffs are finally here. <laughs>